folks, guys, thank you so much. God is truly amazing. Isn't he? Marvin, I haven't seen you grin so much in my life. Good to see these wonderful family members of yours with us. Sam, I'm telling you, boy, these folks talk about you like you're just an angel. He is, isn't he? Jeff Beverly, so good to have you guys. Good to have uh, Aaron with us again in Whitney. What a pleasure. Talking to Aaron, Aaron said, I said, man, I missed you last week. He said, I was preaching. I'm preaching. Right now. Come on, brother. Stand up and give us a word of testimony right now. Go ahead, Aaron. Tell us what the Lord's doing. Praise God, man. He can't be more than 18 years old. Praise God. God is awesome. Praise God. I just want to thank you all for um, your giving towards Honduras as well. I haven't made this um, announcement, and I apologize. I wanted you to know the progress we we raised all the funds for purchasing air conditioners for all the teachers. And so, praise God for that. They are installed. And thank you all who gave to that. Not only did you help put air conditions in the room, but um, there was a wall about to fall down in the office of the school. Um, when, you, when you rely on volunteers to do things sometimes, you know how that goes? <laughs> And so uh, you were, you also were able to um, replace that wall. And uh, so we've been able to do some great things. So thank you, guys. That's a big hand for you of what you're doing and what your giving does. Also, let you know we are over three-quarters of the way uh, to the amount that we had decided to purchase a new sign. So praise God for that. Uh, we've raised over $7,500 already. And so we're looking forward to being able to advertise better all of our events and let people know who we are, what we're doing, and, and to jump in and get involved with us. I believe you are, you are great people to celebrate, don't you? Amen. That's all right. Amen. Amen. Um, also, just wanted to remind everybody about OCC, Operation Christmas Child. You, uh, if you see the Christmas tree back there, um, we are early birds, it's all right, um, but we, are, we have decided um, that we were going to be putting together 550 boxes to ship out this year to kids around the world to be able to bless some kids with, uh, with some gifts that they more than likely would not be able to get, and uh, so there are envelopes on that tree, and if you would like to um, help support sponsoring sending those boxes, uh, you can take one of those envelopes and uh, for the amount that's on that. If every uh, envelope is filled and completed, we will have raised all the money to ship every one of those boxes. Wouldn't that be awesome? So 
If you would like to be a part of that, grab a envelope and uh, jump in and help us out. Hey, thank you so much for all you guys' uh, help this past um, this this past uh, Wednesday night. We had 550 people that were not from this church. At least 500. I'm sorry, 525. At least 525 not from this church who came to be part of our event Wednesday night. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. So counting our volunteer base, we had over six people here Wednesday night. Wasn't that crazy? Wouldn't that be awesome if we could see them every Sunday? That would be great. We'd have to get some more chairs. Is that right, Cecil? You with me? I'm, I'm trying to go ahead and get some votes right now. <laughs> amen, amen. Um, how many of you have ever played Follow the Leader? Or Simon Says. You have? Are you any good at it? Maybe. Let's just check and see. Let's see. Simon Says, touch your nose. Some of you have already out. That means you've got to touch your nose. Simon Says, touch your nose. All right. Simon Says, touch your shoulder. Simon says, touch your chin. Touch your ear. Oh, I saw a few hands move. I saw a few hands move. <laughs> I never was good at that. <laughs> I was usually out the first or second time. It's all right. But you know, I, I think that a lot of us are looking to know the call of God, right? We, we long, God, what are you calling me to? And Aaron, I, I love to hear the testimony of a young man says, I feel God call me to this or to that. That's awesome. Someone asked me one time, what are you called to? I said, which time? Because, you know, for me, I felt like the call of God has seasons, you know? Uh, I've been called to be a janitor before at a church, you know. I've been called to be a youth pastor, called to work in a daycare. Yeah, I know, that's the feeling I got when I was called too. Ooh. <laughs> the calling of God is it's really seasonal, it's, it's general, it's what, you know. But ultimately, when I look at the Word of God, and I see from the very beginning in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus uh, is being baptized. He's come out of the water. The Father has declared over him, you know, you are my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And, and he's led into the wilderness by the Spirit. He's tempted and tested. He declares the Word of God to the enemy. And then it, right after that in verse 19, you know, he's walking by the Sea of Galilee. He sees Peter and he says, what did he say? Follow me. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And what I love about this passage of Scripture is that uh, immediately, the Bible doesn't say in a moment or he thought about it for a little while or uh, in a few days after he got his house in order or all of that. It doesn't say any of that. It said immediately, 
There was no backpacking. There was nothing. Immediately, he not only dropped his nets, he left and followed Jesus. Isn't that powerful? When I think of what is the calling of God on our lives, ultimately the call of God is to follow me. Follow Jesus. That's the call. And sometimes that calling might have different uh, journeys and different avenues and, and look different for different people. And it might look one way today and tomorrow means something else. Because literally following Jesus is not just, is not just some long-term plan that we've laid out. It is a day-by-day, moment-by-moment calling of God. And that may look different as you change atmospheres. Amen? Because when you walk into the grocery store, it might look different than when you walk into a church building. Right? It looks different. But the calling is, ultimately, follow me. The fact is, is that sometimes it's difficult to follow Jesus, isn't it? Some would say, a lot of times. It is difficult to follow Jesus. I mean, I, when I think about even Matthew uh, chapter 8, I, I find, I, I, I didn't give you this scripture, guys, but, and forgive me about that. Not, all, not everyone understands the call of God. I mean, even a scribe came to Jesus in Matthew chapter 19, and, and he says, I will follow you wherever you go. Don't we sometimes do that in our excitement? Oh, yes, Jesus, wherever you take me, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, yes, I will do it. Woo, let's go. And Jesus looks at this guy, the scribe, you know. He says, foxes have holes. Birds have nests. But the Son of Man does not even have a place to lay his head. You don't hear any more about that guy, do you? <laughs> it's like, what? Wait a minute. I don't know about this, Jesus. Another, uh, just after that, in verse 20, uh, it, another, it says, a disciple came to Jesus. This wasn't just, you know, a scribe. It wasn't just some religious guy. It says, a disciple came to Jesus and said, oh, Lord, so-and-so died and I need to go bury them. And Jesus declares, he says, let the dead bury the dead. Follow me. Follow me. Y'all sure are quiet this morning. Can you just look at somebody and say, hey, what's up? That'll get you going, you know. Talk a little bit. A little, a little amen would be fine. Amen? Hey, I feel better. Woo. I feel good now. Praise God. <laughs> My nest is empty, as you can see. I don't have my amen'ers right there with me. Eli's birthday's today, and so they uh, are celebrating with my in-laws. Left me all to myself. <laughs> Told you I was gonna get some awes, didn't I? Aw. <laughs> Bless. I'm so glad. I'm so glad I'm a part 
of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by his blood. Join heirs with Jesus as we travel this earth. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. See, I got all this family right here. We all good, right? <laughs> so we've been called to follow Jesus, right? And I'm so glad that that calling, even though I have not always understood that calling, I've, I've not always understood what it's going to look like. I've not always, I'm kind of like the, the Pharisee, you know, the scribe who says, I'll go with you wherever you want to go, God. And, and, and at moments, God says, go do this. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute now, Lord. Whoa, slow down. I'm not sure if I'm prepared to do that, right? How many of you ever been there? Yeah. But even in the midst of that, I'm so glad that he said, whosoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. It wasn't uh, this certain sect. It wasn't this certain group of people. It wasn't this certain race. It wasn't this certain uh, financial people, a certain sect of society. It, none of that. It said, whosoever will. And, 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 and when I look at the scripture, I see even to the point where in Matthew chapter 9, Jesus went there and he, and he, and he stopped at the tax collector's place. How many know those are bad people? <laughs> well, they were really bad in those days. And, and Jesus even stopped by the tax collector's booth, and there was Matthew, and he even told Matthew, come and follow me. And So in other words, Jesus wasn't just specifically calling, causing some fishermen. He wasn't causing just these, uh, calling these uh, old guys by the uh, creek bank. He was calling everybody. Whosoever will call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I'm so glad that I'm a whosoever. Look, look to your neighbor there and say, aren't you glad you are a whosoever? You whosoever. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But you know, when you think about following Jesus, it's not always the easiest thing to do. I mean, so many times I feel like in our society that we, especially in our, our Western mentality of Christianity, the, the things that have been stated uh, makes it seem like it's so easy to follow Jesus. It's just the greatest thing. It's just beautiful. It's easy. And, 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 and not understanding the depths or the cost of what it is to follow Jesus. Because when you understand the, the call of God, uh, we have to look at Matthew chapter 16 and 24. It says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself. So women, you can do anything. It just says himself. I'm sorry, Sean. <laughs> it says you must he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. I mean, the hardest thing that we have to deal with today in this society is to deny ourselves. We're a very self-indulgent self-satisfying, self-preserving people who anytime uh, we feel uncomfortable, 
We, we, we run or we flee. We have this fight or flight mentality that anytime we feel uncomfortable, we're either standing up, wait a minute, you're not taking that away from me, it's mine, right? Or we just say, I'm out of here, dude. There's another place that will suit my needs just the way I want it, right? And yet we don't realize that a part of discipleship, a part of being a follower of Christ is the fact that there has to be some things that we got to deny in ourselves. Because if we're constantly trying to preserve ourselves, constantly trying to uh, fulfill ourselves, we miss out on the fact that, that we're not allowing God to fulfill us. And let me tell you something. I can sustain, sustain, sustain myself. I'll get that out. Um, but oh, how much more greater is it to know that I am sustained by God? I mean, look, when... when Kim leaves the house. She always prepares a menu. She puts it up on the refrigerator, right? So I know exactly what I can go to to eat while she's gone. <laughs> Sally, I really don't like it when she does that because it makes me feel guilty when I really want to go buy McDonald's and get a hamburger. I was telling Mary Poole this morning that, you know, many of you know she's a vegan. I said, hey, you can finally go to Burger King. Because now they got a vegan Whopper. She said, Pastor, I am way past that. <laughs> oh, well. But the thing is, is that I value the fact that she desires to make sure that I am sustained. But I want you to know something. In my spiritual life, I want to know that I am being sustained by the hand of God himself. That he's got me. And I know that I'm his. And so it's a matter of denying ourselves. We don't hear that any longer. What does that mean, deny yourself? I mean, if I'm hungry, I'm going to go get me something. I mean, the word fast is what we think of when we get in the car and we push the gas. We want to go fast. Right? Yep. Fast as what Tennessee did yesterday, and they played so well. Yay! They were on a fast pace, right? We, but when we think of what it means to deny self, and we think of fasting something, putting aside something, taking away something from uh, our daily routine in order to put God first or to uh, hear from the voice of God. How many know that we're, when we fast, we're not actually uh, trying to make God do something. We're just aligning ourselves with what God wants to be, happen, right? And, and sometimes because, once again, it goes back to the self-preservation mentality that I'm fasting because I want that new Cadillac, right? I'm fasting because I need a bigger house and I want it to look all this way and I want to have all of this. God... Listen to me, you got to do this because I'm fasting. Something about denying self isn't in there, is it? But when we are truly wanting to follow God, it means that we have to deny self. We have to learn what it means to set aside, to 
understand that we are called by God. I mean, the Bible says, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. And when we think of holiness, uh, it means that it's something set apart, something that's been sanctified, something that has been pulled away from all the corruption of the world and all the things that taint us, and it is being purified by God himself that we are to glorify Him. And the only way to glorify Him is to truly allow the things of this world to dissipate in our life and say, God, here I am. I'm letting go of everything else. I am yours. You are mine. And there's nothing else that's greater. There's nothing else that has more desire in me but to want to be in your presence. And when that rises up in us, We learn and we understand that that denial of self is not literally as sacrificial as we might have thought because in denying ourselves, we learn that God brings a sustaining presence in the place of all that we wanted to sustain ourselves with and it becomes more vibrant, more exciting, more happy, more fulfilling than anything this world could ever offer us. Amen. I'm going to get my message in a minute. That's just the first page. Oh, well, Jesus Christ. Amen. Take up his cross. Deny himself. Take up the cross. What does that mean? What are we getting at? He says, take up the cross and follow me. Um, you know, I, I, I was reading this morning, actually. I actually made a little tabby notes here. I was reading in Hebrews chapter 13, and, and it's talking about Christ in verse 12. It says, therefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered outside the gate. Out, another version says, outside the city. Therefore, let us go forth to him outside the camp. There's a distinguishing word there, outside the city versus outside the camp, Bearing his reproach. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek the one to come. Therefore, by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Wow. When I, when I think about what it means to bear the cross, it's, it's, it's like this passage of scripture because it's, when it talks about uh, an enduring city, it's saying we don't have an enduring city. And it's, and it's really a distinguishing moment of different cultures saying you are no longer uh, in the camp of the Judaism. In other words, we're no longer in the camp of the old faith, but we have to understand that just as Jesus went outside of the city, into the world, if you will, to sacrifice for the sanctification of you and I, guess what? We also will have to endure the sacrifices outside the city, in the world that we face. We're going to face hard times is what it's saying. You're going to face trials. 
And when you take up that cross, it is saying, I am put to death everything that has identified me with the old life, with everything of my past. It is nailed to the cross of Calvary. It is no longer a part of who I am. And I'm carrying this cross as a reminder that that is my past. It is no longer my present. I, it is dead. And thank God, as Romans chapter 6 and 11 says, I consider myself dead in Christ, dead to this world and alive in Christ Jesus. There has to be a time, you know, people say, well, I'm struggling with this. I think that if we could grab a hold of that scripture of Romans chapter 6 and 11 and let it be etched in our memory that every time we get out of bed, every time we face a trial, we could say, I consider myself dead. I consider myself dead to this world and alive in Christ Jesus. I consider myself dead to this world and alive in Christ Jesus. I consider myself dead to this world and alive in Christ Jesus because if I'm dead to the old things, they no longer affect me. They no longer have a reign on me. They no longer are, are pulling me left or right, but I am now in the instruction and under the presence of the power of the Holy Spirit, which is now my guide and now my God. Amen. Amen. And so it says, uh, that has to be a continual sacrifice of praise. The fruit of our lips giving praise to him. What greater praise is there to give to the Lord Jesus Christ than to declare that I have renounced everything of my past. And now I'm fully alive in Christ Jesus. We can tell him how great he is. We can tell him how lovely he is. We can tell him how wonderful he is. We can declare him as the king of kings and lord of lords. But no greater praise than we have is to say, Lord, I surrender everything that I am. I have renounced my past. I've renounced the old life. I've renounced every uh, trust and faith that I've had in self in my, in my past. And now I declare I am truly surrendered to you. You are the only way. That is the greatest praise that we can give to God. To take up that cross and then say, Lord, wherever you lead me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. Come on, right? I want to know that every hour, every moment, that I am his and that he is mine. Knowing without a shadow of a doubt that he has me like the clay in his hand and he's forming and shaping and molding me into what he wants me to be. But I can't ha that can't happen unless I'm truly giving myself over to be put in his hand. Nothing, nothing shall separate you from the love of God. You know, when I read that list, there's nothing that can separate me from the love of God, but there's one thing it doesn't mention, that's my past. Because if I allow myself to dwell on my past, it is the one thing that hinders my relationship with God. Paul, Paul said it this way, he says, don't let the body of death to live again, basically. 
I mean, he was basically saying, look, don't take that old body off the cross. And so the only way that we lose sight of who God is is when we are focused more on our past and what we've renounced and what we've let go of than what we've focused on because when we realize that he's the author or the founder of our faith and finisher of our faith, then we have to uh, focus on him because when we realize it is the joy set before him to endure the cross, it should be that same joy for us. Thank you, Jesus. That I don't have to worry about, can I live this life or can I not live this life? But all I have to do is surrender it to you and know that if I am yours, then you will direct me. Isn't that awesome? It didn't say that you've got to figure out which steps to to take to follow Jesus. It says that the steps of a righteous man or woman are ordered of God. If he's got steps for you, then you can walk in them. We just have to say, Lord, lead me. And I will follow you. Sounds, I know that sounds simple. I watched a football player yesterday, and he had these little things in his helmet. And I thought of a horse. You know how they put blinders on horses, you know, to keep them to stay on the, the road, um, and they keep them from looking left or the right, or basically to keep them from getting spooked by cars or anything else. And Jeff, I thought, man, if God could just put some blinders, right? But Jerry, if God could just put some blinders on me that could just... Help me stay focused. And that is, the, that is the, 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 the battle that we face. It's not the fact that you've got, to, you've got these do's and don'ts that you do. It's, it's literally just staying focused on Christ. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look forth in his wonderful face. And the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. That's all it is. The call of God for every single one of us. It's not complicated. I'm not saying it's not hard. But it's the simplistic saying, I turn my eyes to you, Lord, because I've found and I realize that your word in John 14 is absolutely true, that you are the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by you. And Lord, I want to follow you. And wherever that takes me, God, wherever that leads me, whoever I am supposed to touch today, by your grace, God, you lead me to the divine appointment that I need to take. You lead me to the direction that I need to go. Because somebody today needs you. Do this right here. Do this right here. Somebody needs you.
somebody that you come in contact today needs a follower of Jesus to display the love of Jesus, to lead them to the way of Jesus. And you're that person. Only you're going to touch that person today. Only you're going to be the ones that meets that person today. Will you live that life? Will you be a follower of Jesus Christ? Matthew 19, 21. Jesus said to him, If you wish to be complete, how many want to be complete? If you wish to be complete, he told the, the rich young ruler, he said, Go sell all you have, give to the poor. He says, And you will have treasures in heaven, and come follow me. Another scripture says, lay your treasures up in heaven where moth and rust do not corrupt. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I'm not saying go sell your house, your car. Don't go empty your bank accounts. I'm saying, will you allow God to be the priority of your life in every facet of your life? God wants and looking for followers. You know, we, we live in a world, and somebody come play, I'm, I'm closing. We live in a world where there's a leadership, there's a leadership conference just about every week. Right? I mean, how many seen that? Go to this leadership conference and, you know, learn executive leadership. There's all these different leadership conferences and leadership manuals and, you know, team builders and how to grow your church conferences. But really, there's one way. It's follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. And if Jesus has, if you're truly following Jesus and Jesus places you in a position to be a leader, praise God. If he places you in a place of servanthood, in some position behind the scenes that nobody ever sees, you do a thing. Praise God. Because when you get to that place where it's not your life and it's his, it doesn't matter who gets, it doesn't matter that I get a pat on the back or you get a pat on the back. What matters is does God get glory for what's going on right here? And if God is being glorified in every facet of this body, this local congregation, and he's, then he's being exalted in every facet. The Bible says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all mankind. Under myself. I'm not discounting marketing schemes and ideas and all these kinds. Of, what I'm saying is, is, ultimately, if you lift Jesus up, he'll bring all that together. He puts it all together. You're not having to strive for, you can rest in his presence. How many need to rest in the God's presence? You can rest in knowing that if it's going to happen, it will be up to him and not me.
Isn't that great to know, Sally? That God's not looking for me to be perfect. He's wanting me, he's wanting me to be the canvas. You are God's canvas. And he is painting the most beautiful portrait in your life. You're a canvas. It's not up to how you can put the brush strokes on it. It's not up to you to pick the colors. It's just up to us to say, here I am, Lord. Use me. Paint me. Do with me what you please. And I guarantee you this, the one who created you can do more in you than you can. The cup, the bowl, the platter, whatever he's making as he's molding you, it's not up to you. It's up to him. Will you let go and let God have his way in your life because I guarantee you it will be awesome it will be phenomenal look you may be one who says look dude I've been in that hand and I've jumped out a few times I've, I've landed on the floor I'm broken pieces I mean there's enough shards of me I'm not sure God can put it back together but I'm here to tell you Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall God can do the miraculous. He can put you back together. All your broken pieces. And he can make it something powerful. Because he's not bound by the rules of nature and the laws of gravity. He can put it all back together. He can make it moist again. And he can put it back together. Father, when I walked in, to church this morning Lord I felt something in my spirit and, and I'm so thankful that I was obedient to you because I believe this was meant to be said today not what I had written on eight pages of notes but God what you put in five specific scriptures. And Lord, I pray that this morning that whoever is needing to understand that they are your canvas and God, you're wanting to paint on them the, the beautiful portrait. I pray that today they will take hold of this word. That they will learn that they can rest on the easel and let the Holy Spirit begin to form in them new life. If, if this morning the Holy Spirit is tugging at you and you're, you're just needing the Lord to, to bring some encouragement in you and some strength in you, would you just stand where you are right now?